0: Hello, my name is Tyrell Mpuxi, and thank you for listening to the Harley Human Podcast. We warned you that the nerds would rule the world. They used to say to keep the devil away, to stand by your rights, not be tempted by the night. Funny enough, he's skin soft as silk, I don't feel any urge to drown in my own guilt He's the devil, he's the devil, in disguise, watch his eyes, is waiting, I am aching for him I decided to head back to my office, perhaps a proper examination of these dice will lead me to new dialogue options, plus I need to refill my flask. It feels like it's taking a dragon's age to get there, and the night is once again too quiet. Usually this means work for me, something I said in episode 1, just making sure you were paying attention. But tonight I'd rather it be like a trip around Rainbow Road, without being overtaken by Toad. Calm, a bit of drift, lots of boosts, the odd mushroom, and no blue shells. And to my amazement, it was. I open the door to the building and head up to my office. The stairs creak, save for the third one. It squeaks, just to be different. I found out if I jump two stairs, then back one, and forward three, it sounds like the open screen of Zelda, which I love. This always amuses me, though I am pretty sure I look like a Zora in the water, or perhaps a Goron in the rocks. Hmm, this is all beginning to sound very familiar. Anyway, I approach my door, pull out my keys, unlock said door, and head in. On my desk, I put down my flask, reluctantly, begrudgingly, but nonetheless, I put my flask down. I also think about tossing the dice on there, but decide the booze needs to take priority. I grab the hooch from the empty bookshelf and head back over to my desk. I fill up the flask and stash it back into my pocket. I sit on my chair. It sounds different. A button has been pushed. And it's certainly not my button. I look around, but only see the outline of a woman. But she looks glitched. Like a missing no. Great. Now I find one. The green smoke arises all around me. I try to quickly get up, but something is holding me down. Ah, yes, that.
1: You, my dear, are not going anywhere. The green smoke, you like it? I mean, it will be the last thing you see. That or my face as I watch you die. Not quite sure which, to be honest. Perhaps you can tell me would be great knowledge to pass on. Harley, I have allowed you to exist, because I never understood you. You make no sense. You are born on the day of the prophecy, sure, but many others were as well, and most of them were interesting. Great case studies. You, you were so dull. I forced myself once a month to check in on you, but often found myself bored beyond comprehension. You nothing! But then you recently kept popping up in my life. It was fun. You became almost interesting. But I cannot have you fucking around with Jimmy. Jimmy is mine! But that all ends tonight. You do need to know when to stop playing with your toys and throw
0: them out. My head is swirling. I can't stand up and the green smoke is getting heavier. I try to reach for my gun, but my arms won't move.
1: The green smoke is a special invention of mine. First, it stuns. A small spell called Petrificus Totalis is infused within it, making most of your body immobile. I left the ability to see and speak so that I could know exactly how it feels. But it gets worse for you. About a minute after it begins, it starts to kill you. The poison is slow and quite painful.
0: (sighs) yeah, no shit.
1: I see you have reached the poison stage. You got about fifteen seconds left in your life, Harley human. Use it wisely.
0: The viper looms over me. She's staring at me with huge anime eyes that seem to grow in size as the poison courses through my veins. I search through these dialogue options left. The first four are meaningless insults, but I try them anyway. She laughs. <laughs> I got about five seconds left, it seems, when I choose the fifth and last option. As I do so, I hear a pokey flute in the distance, the most beautiful sound of all. Obliviate, and I succumb to its slumber.
2: I look up from the shadows across the street to see a shimmer. He didn't teach me much, but that, that he did. I pulled Ray around the corner, deep into the shadows. What was that about? She's watching. Who? Never mind.
3: Okay. So, I have to ask, what's Adora got on you, anyway? Sometimes I don't give Ray nearly enough credit. Look, she wouldn't be playing you like this if she didn't have something on you. Now, frankly, I could give two shits about what it is, but uh, it used to be a hitman. Oh. Okay. Well, that was a bit more than I expected.
2: The fact that Harley knows leads me to believe this will eventually get out anyway, and Ray seems to be in a spot where maybe this news isn't as bad as it would normally seem. He got really angry when I told him about Dora's betrayal, and he was like, he was looking for a reason. I used to work for a man, into really dark shit. He found me after I had done a couple jobs, bounty work, this guy owed Bugsy 10 G's, this one owed Al in new suit and was late on delivery, basic freelance shit. But I was good. They call me the Don. Wait, the Don? As in the head of the mob? See, that was the beauty of the name. All the bosses knew it was me, and it confused the elephant ears. They could never figure out which mob I was tied to because I wasn't tied to any of them. And, uh, all the bosses were okay with this? Apparently, it was the only thing that they all agreed on. They were the ones that gave me the name. So, you were Don Cherry? Moving on from that sad Canadian joke that, like, maybe three people got, I knew it was time to make my pitch. This guy I used to work for, the one that recruited me away from the bosses, he and Adora have a past. I figured coming to work for Adora I could maybe have a shot at going straight, but she was just a different flavor of evil than him. At least my former employer was upfront about it. Adora seems like she's good, but in reality she
3: just has an agenda that allows her to pretend. Look, I think it's time we do something about Adora, but I'm not convinced she's evil. I just think we need to take her down a peg or two, you know, let her, let her know she ain't all that if you're thinking about icing her. Okay, plan B.
2: I need to shape this so it aligns with his agenda. I have to go for... No, 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 no. I wasn't talking about killing her. Those days, regardless of anything else, are behind me. But I think my former boss would appreciate an audience with her. You see, he taught her her magic, and she abused it
3: to create the Viper. And like that, I got him. Are you telling me she turned Vanessa into the Viper? The love of Jimmy's life? The woman who tortured me, tortured us? She created her? You better have proof. Room of requirement, bookcase, fourth shelf from the top, fourth
2: book in. Press the spine three times, then twice more like our knock. Then go to page 45 and read. Ray and I head back towards the door to Umbrella and wait around the corner. Adora rolls out about five minutes later, stares at the spot that I saw shimmer for a moment. She says something, a small puff of smoke happens, but nothing was there. So she heads on, convinced that the area is clear. We sneak back into Umbrella, head to Adora's office, and I let Ray do the
3: rest. If Cherry's telling the truth about this. Okay, here's the bookshelf. Fourth shelf from the top, fourth book in. I tried to take it off the shelf, but it won't move. Tap the spine three times, then twice more. Page 45. I give it a go. Three taps, then twice more. I pull the book off the shelf and it comes off without an issue. I flip through the pages and find page 45. I stare at it in disbelief. It looks like... It looks like a magic spell that allows you to search people's memories. There's a footer at the bottom that reads, Ensure you warn the patient that this procedure is quite painful and there will be terrible side effects. This should only be done as an absolute last resort. I close the book, put it back on the shelf where it locks back in place, and then I look hard back at Sherry. A resolve builds within me. When do we start?
4: It is clear that my memory spell got dispelled the first time. I should make sure this one holds. And if not, perhaps something more permanent. I decided to head down to Jimmy's joint to check in on Baby. I really did like him, truly. But I cannot have him blabbing about memory spells. I rely on them too much. I get to the door and listen in.
2: When I refused to answer, she froze me with her magic
0: and told me something I hope I never ever forget again.
4: I listen in as he retells that night in perfect detail. Oh, this memory spell didn't even take hold. <sighs> I guess it's time for Plan B. I wait for Miss Hulman to leave via the back door. I take a deep breath, then I walk into Jimmy's joint. This is going to be unpleasant.
3: Yes, yes. <laughs>
2: human is a production of a few really dope actors, plus the writer and producer of this episode, Blair Beveridge. The voice of Harley is Tyrlyn Puxty. The voice of Adora was Paula Rhodes. The voice of the Viper was Diane Hutton. The voice of Ray was Jeff Mueller. The voice of Cherry was Gil Ramirez. The voice of Francis was Classy Don and the voice of Baby was Joey Couture original music by Tara Puxty, and a variety of background music provided by various artists, including Kevin MacLeod. For all information on Harley Hooman, please visit HarleyHuman.com.